Welcome to Five to Thrive, five strategies to equip and empower educators, parents, and students to thrive. And here are your hosts, Dr. Rhoda and Professor Marty. Welcome back. Um, just a second here. Let me put down this game that I'm playing on my cell phone. <laughs> not really. Um, those of you who know me, I, I am <laughs> not a gamer. However, uh, in this episode, Dr. Rhoda is going to look at growth mindset, connecting it to gaming. So now that we have everybody's attention, uh, Dr. Rhoda. And this might be, we might be an enigma, Professor Marty, because we are two people in a room who probably neither of us have a game app on our phones. No, I, I do not. But I'll tell you, my kids, you know, we've, we've got some pretty strict limits there. I have no desire. But maybe after this episode, I will start getting I do quite a bit of flying. And it's amazing. People will sit on an airplane flight, the entire flight, and play games. Wow, that just... Gaming is huge for education. And that's one of the things that we would like to help us see today is how do we use... A couple of weeks ago, I talked about if you can use a metaphor to help somebody learn a new concept. It's going to help things stick in their brain. And I think this is a perfect example of this. This really applies to this. So the growth mindset, as we know, is the ability to be willing to fail in order to learn and grow. The growth mindset sees growth and progress as the goal. The goal is not the end product. It's that journey towards it, right? Many students that I work with are very faithful, very conscientious. However, they are terrified of failing and getting a wrong answer. And yet, we know that's part of education. That's part of learning, right? They strive to earn A's. In fact, they will oftentimes ask, what do I need to do to get an A? Mm -hmm. Do you experience that as well? I do. Yeah. So when it comes to learning as parents and teachers, how can we help our young people see that the important thing is learning, not the grade? And this is hard because our whole system of education is based upon grades, right? You get a high enough GPA, you can play sports or you can't. You get a high enough GPA, you get a scholarship or you don't. We have tied very important rewards to that grade, and then we tell them, but the grade isn't the important thing. Right? I, I often think of this because uh, when when I was speaking to this subject to, to undergrads, one of them raised their hand and said, well, my transcript, mm -hmm. there's only a letter grade. Mm -hmm. So sure, I agree with this stuff, but at the end of the day, yeah. it's the letter grade. And the tricky thing here is we all would say we want a growth mindset, but really, uh, there are times that we have a fixed mindset where we're, we're truly not growing for a lot of different reasons. Yep, absolutely. I think one of the best ways to help young people understand the benefit of a growth mindset is by using that analogy or metaphor of games and gaming. So do you have a young person in your life that will spend an hour, hour upon hour, if allowed, playing a video game, trying to get better and better, to keep leveling up to make it to the next level? How many times are they killed off and they start over? They don't give up when they're killed, right? This is a great, this is part of resilience and tenacity, right? They keep trying. They're going to get better. They're going to make it further. That's a growth mindset. That's what we want within the world of education. So as I said, in a previous podcast, we talked about the benefit of using metaphors to teach a new concept. This is a perfect example of a good way we can do this. Can we use the metaphor of gaming to help them see the value of not giving up, of trying over and over again in matters of educational learning or in matters of life? So people who study this tell us that the reason games are so addictive in nature is that they give us prompt feedback, incremental rewards, and excitement, right? When you're playing a game, you know if you're doing well or not all the time, you're constantly getting feedback. And you get little rewards along the way. You get little things that keep you going. You get little, you know, you pick up little tokens and different types of things. And all of that's excite. It's built around excitement. So what would education look like if we could be very intentional about creating these types of experiences 
within the classroom, within learning. And, and, and what I love about that is when I think of gaming, I immediately have a negative connotation and I'm thinking, get off the phone. But, but really, the flip side is we can really learn some valuable lessons because gaming in many ways understands what students want and what students need. Right. It can be very, very, like anything, it could be positive or negative, right? Mm -hmm. So if we look at the positive from it, think about the last lesson you taught. Is there a way that they, your students could have gotten little doses of feedback as they progressed through the lesson? Could they have received little reminders that they were on the right track or they weren't? What would it have looked like if you could have built excitement into it, including hands-on learning and maybe even movement? Could you have incorporated more of the senses in some way? Could they somehow have smelt something or felt it or imagined it or practiced it in a hands-on way? That is when young people become motivated and engaged in learning. As they progress through receiving little doses of feedback along the way, they develop a sense of self-efficacy that they can do this. Instead of an all or nothing grade at the end, can we give them little clues along the way that they're either on track or they need to course correct? The official term for this is formative feedback, right? Giving them feedback throughout the process. Yeah, and in interactions with students, one of their complaints, and it's a legitimate complaint, is uh, the turnaround time from when they turn an assignment to when they receive feedback. And certainly there's legitimate reasons on both sides, but if we truly want them to learn, the immediacy is really important. Yeah, and it does take a long time to grade projects and papers and get that back. And so that's the only feedback they're getting is, you know, they spent three weeks on a project and then it takes them two weeks to get the feedback back. That's one thing. But how could we, as they're spending three weeks on the project, give them feedback along the way? So that they pretty, they have a pretty good idea of how they did and if they met your expectations or not before they ever hand it in. I've actually shifted my views on this quite a bit over the years. Mm -hmm. um, this semester, what I'm really trying to do is giving short, sound, specific feedback I immediately. Yeah. Uh, I mean, yep. as immediately as possible. Yep. And, and at the end of the day, there's pros and cons to that, but the students are much more engaged throughout the process. That research says absolutely what you're doing. It's research-based, so excellent. And here again, I'm not suggesting that intentionally planning our lessons to be interactive with formative feedback throughout is simple or it's easy. Mm -hmm. It takes effort. It takes intentionality. But most worthwhile things do, right? And if this is what's really going to engage our learners, Badora will say that we, we can't really get students to learn until we have their intention, until they're engaged, until they have a desire to want to learn. If we know that motivation is that key, then we are wasting our breath if we're teaching and they're not there with us. So these little things that we can do that get them engaged in the process, it, it's challenging, yes, but that's that's what we're called to do. That's that's part of what teaching is, right? So maybe we begin with just one lesson per week because this can be overwhelming and we certainly don't want to feel, anyone to feel overwhelmed. We want you to feel that self-efficacy that you can do this as well. So maybe you decide that for one lesson per week, you're going to try to model it after a game. Most teachers I know get excited when they see kids engaged in and having fun and learning. And as you get this feedback from your students, you too will be more motivated to put in the effort because you're getting the feedback that what you're doing is making a difference. And as you see the lights come on for your learners, that renews you and says, okay, you know what, this is worth my time and effort because it's making a difference. And then we just keep building on that. Our goal in Five to Thrive is to equip and support educators and parents as they help each child develop to his or her full God-given potential. So here are five key takeaways from today's episode on teaching growth mindset through gaming. Number one, 
take the time to reflect on the growth mindset and share with your students, with your child, that the growth mindset accepts failure as an opportunity to learn. Failure is okay. Number two, uh, metaphors really help learning. And so in today's episode, uh, Dr. Rhoda attached growth mindset, used the analogy to gaming. Number three, let's talk about those games. Why do these games work? Because they provide prompt feedback, incremental rewards, and excitement. Number four, so take that knowledge from point number three and ask yourself, what does that look like in the classroom? For example, how could I give prompt feedback in a more meaningful way? Or perhaps it's, it's hands-on. What kind of activities could be hands-on for my students? And number five, let's be realistic about this. Let's take the approach to try to implement one lesson per week and see what kind of feedback we get from our students and kids. Thanks for taking the time to learn with us. Let us know how you're doing. If you have questions, challenges, or successes you want to share, please let us know through the comment section of our website. May your week be blessed.